One of the biggest challenges of wildlife photography is finding the wildlife. I know I've talked about this subject before, but it's super important to realize that you can have all the latest equipment, the fastest lenses, and that alone will not get you great wildlife images. The number one thing on your list to become a better wildlife photographer is to shoot. Shoot often, shoot every chance you can get. Now, we would all love to be heading up to go photograph bears in Alaska or monkeys in Costa Rica or shorebirds in Florida. But most of us, it's unrealistic to be venturing out on those kinds of trips all year long. However, there is something most of us can do to capture real wildlife images close to home, almost on an everyday basis. Simply put, attract the wildlife to you. Details about how to go about this are coming up on the Nature Photography Podcast. Hi, this is Terry Van Ryan, full-time professional photographer and your host of the Nature Photography Podcast. This week, we'll be talking about backyard birds, the real wildlife subjects that come to you every day, and these birds can make some great subjects for wildlife photography. Backyard birds can offer challenges that you can learn to overcome, and that will help you with all your future wildlife photography sessions. This can be done easily by installing an animal feeder and a few other things that will bring the wildlife to the right spot for your photography. Now, when I say the right spot, I'm talking about getting the birds and possibly other animals in the correct position for your photography. Let's start with what you're going to need. First, you'll need a feeder, obviously. When you're thinking about a bird feeder, consider your environment. Do you have squirrels that will raid your bird feeder? If you want to photograph squirrels, you can easily set up an accessible feeder that will dispense nuts or something or seeds that'll attract them and you can see them come and go all day long. Be aware though that most places that have squirrels during the day, you'll likely have rats at night. Not that I have a huge problem with photographing rats, but you find out that rats will take away half your food every night and be doing it under the cover of darkness. So even if you wanted to photograph rats, you'd have to set up lights in order to get decent exposures. If it's birds you're after, then think about a bird feeder that doesn't work so well with squirrels. These are built with a spring system built in, where if a bird lands on the perch, they can stay there all day picking through the seeds. However, if something heavy gets on the feeder, then the springs allow the outside of the feeder to drop down, and doing so covers up all the access to the food. 
These work really well and keep the bird seed for the birds and not the larger animals in the neighborhood. Now that you've selected a bird feeder, your most important decision is where you're going to place it. To do this properly, get your camera out and your longest lens and start looking at the backgrounds. Consider what time of day will be the best for your backyard bird photography. In most cases, the birds will be most active in the morning and the afternoon. So consider that direction of light. Now that you've determined the light, you'll need to consider the background. What's in the background? Is it plants and vegetation? Or is it the neighbor's house? As you look through your lens, set your camera on its widest opening for that lens and focus on about where the bird feeder might hang. You should be able to tell what the background looks like. Is it out of focus enough that you can't tell it's a swing set in the background? Move around a bit until you can see you can get a nice uncluttered background while still keeping the subjects, the songbirds, in the good morning or afternoon light. Next, consider what it might take to put up a temporary background. Maybe cobble together some old fence boards and attach some artificial plants to it and place that background in the proper spot behind the bird feeder. If this looks weird, you can always take it out of the way when you're not out there shooting. Now that you have set up where you would like the feeder and what the background's gonna be, next, consider the perch. You probably don't want just birds eating at the bird feeder. That's not quite a great picture. You're probably gonna want them in a natural position. By adding a perch, the birds can have something to land on and wait for their turn at the free food station. This can simply be achieved by attaching some fallen branches that you've picked up somewhere to some vertical support structure. The simplest way is to attach a stick to a common photographer's light stand. That way you can move it around to where it looks best. I have a redbud tree that produces these long thin branches that need to be pruned every year and I always set aside a few for perch limbs. A more permanent solution is to drive a stick into the ground at the proper spot and screw or tie the branch to the stick. As most of you have probably heard, there's a pecking order in the bird world. In the songbird community, the way it shakes out is this. The bigger the bird, the sooner it gets to eat. <laughs> this is good information to know. While the larger, more aggressive birds feast at the feeder, the other birds wait their turn on the perches that you've built. These are your subjects the birds in waiting. Once the feeder and the perches are all up and in place, watch the goings on around the bird feeder. You'll see that these birds develop a pattern. You may notice that one bird may land on a fence nearby, then the next spot she goes is a higher, more out-of-the-way perch. Next, you'll watch her zip to the perch nearest the feeder, and then finally onto the feeder itself. Over and over again, they'll repeat these patterns and you're going to see these patterns emerge. Once you get a feel for how these birds are getting around and getting food, you'll be able to anticipate the birds' movements. Now the world of bird photography opens up to you. You've seen the pattern. You can reliably guess where the birds will go next. Now you can start getting great birds in flight action shots of the guests that have come to your own backyard. 
When it comes to wildlife photography, the subject that's near and dear to me is sharpness. Too often I've seen students and other photographers not have the settings right for getting razor sharp images. That's why I wrote the book, Razor Sharp Nature Photography. Razor Sharp Nature Photography is an instantly downloadable ebook that's only available on my website, imagelight.com. That's spelled I-M-A-G-E-L-I-G-H-T.com. Go to the digital products page and download it and start using it today. The book covers all aspects of sharpness in nature photography, from what is the best shutter speed to use when using long telephoto lenses, pro tips on sharpening software, and many other things related to razor sharp images. Since it's an ebook, I've included large, high quality images that you can really enlarge and see the detail and the sharpness. All this and much, much more is there for you in the ebook Razor Sharp Nature Photography. I'll put a link in the show notes to make it easy for you to get access to a copy of Razor Sharp Nature Photography for yourself. I'd like to thank all the photographers from all over the world who've already purchased Razor Sharp Nature Photography. It's now been sold on all seven continents. As with any purchases from my website, it helps me keep producing content like this, the Nature Photography Podcast, and it helps me produce the videos I do over on YouTube. Speaking of YouTube, you can always search for my videos over there on YouTube with simple YouTube handle TV510. You can type in the YouTube search bar, Photography TV 510, and you'll find my videos and me. I do appreciate all the subscriptions to all of my content. When attracting birds to your backyard, another aspect of the three things birds need to be in an area and be comfortable is access to water. Having a bird bath near your bird feeder will also help bring these feathered friends to your backyard. When installing a bird bath, they're gonna want the water safe and up off the ground. This allows them to drink and bathe and not have to worry too much about predators like the neighborhood cats that can stalk them if they're too close to the ground. Lastly, in the trinity of needs for backyard birds, you already have food, you have water, and the last one is shelter. Many times this shelter comes from nearby trees, but if you don't have trees that offer this kind of shelter that your birds are looking for, consider installing some birdhouses. Birdhouses are easy and kind of a fun woodworking project to build for yourself. Or you can easily go down to the local hardware store and probably find an already made birdhouse. Once you establish the birds in your area, you're on your way. They're going to be stopping by your house for a snack and a fresh drink of water. And if they build their homes there, so much the better. When it comes to feeding the birds, I buy the waste-free bird seed products that are out there. You'll find over time that your birds may be very particular to the type of fare that's offered at the buffet in your backyard. But some birds like tiny ball-like seeds, some birds like Niger seeds, they're kind of a feathery black seed. And in my neighborhood, these spoiled birds get hulled sunflower seeds. This is just the meat of the seed. And I kind of do it for myself as much as the birds because if they drop the seeds, they're not going to germinate if they get dropped in the soil. Let me tell you, birds can be messy. They'll pick out seeds they like and then take them back to the nest, and other times they flip them indiscriminately off the side. 
Luckily, we also have ground-feeding birds like doves and towhees that do most of the cleanup of discarded bird seed. I actually mounted a large tray underneath my bird feeder that's suspended by strings to hang six or eight inches off the bottom of the feeder to capture these extra tossed seeds. The ground-feeding birds don't mind landing up there on the tray and cleaning it up. This does a good job at keeping the area around the bird feeder much cleaner. I hope this is enough information for you to get started on photographing your own backyard birds. It's very rewarding and can really get you practicing with the subjects that are not always easy to capture and this experience will help you with all of your future wildlife photography. Until next time, this is Terry Vanderheiden for the Nature Photography Podcast.